I must admit this is my favourite subject I'm speaking on today, um, looking at God the Son, um, which for me was a, a big impact when I had to learn this at, at college, and I can be a little bit nerdy when it comes to this, so I've, I've written in my notes, do not be too nerdy, uh, so if I do start to nerd on, please just drop off or throw something at me and let me uh, uh, move on. All right. Right, Paul, if you can flick between the slides and upstairs so they get to see uh, a bit what's going on. This is a, a famous, oh, let me put it on full screen. Uh, this is a, a famous prayer uh, that, the, that the, the Jewish nation would say three times a day. So in Jesus' time, when they went to temple, this would be mentioned three times a day. They would we'd pray this prayer. It's very famous. Jesus quotes it at one point when he was asked what the greatest commandment was. And it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall, ha- you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. The nation, the Jewish nation at Jesus' time, was, was highly religious. You know what I mean? They, they would practice praying three times a day. They would write this and stick it in their door frames. And so when they would go out, they would touch the door frame as they would go out to remember that, you know what I mean, that God is one. And that they're going to worship them with everything you go. So in and out, they would touch the door frames. Some of them would tie it in a little box and stick it in their head. And if you ever see pictures of, you know what I mean, the, the things have this box, that's what's inside that box, this, this uh, bit of scripture. And into this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Jesus comes and says, I am God. Can you imagine the confusion? I would not have got it. You know what I mean? If I, if I was a Pharisee or, or an expert in the law that were around, I would never believe it. I think that's why Jesus went for more common disciples than the best of the best. Because they had to be open to get this and to receive this, which, which they did. But imagine it in this way. If I was to stand up today and, and, and bring in a new teaching to you. So I was to stand up and go, actually, you know the Trinity? It's actually not right. You'd be like, whoa, where's he going with this? It's actually, there's not three persons in the Godhead there's four and you'd be like well let's gather the stones and let's do Steve at the back of church or uh, let's, let's sack him let's get rid of this sucker let's uh, get someone in who knows could, could you imagine the controversy if I stood up and said something along the lines what we've been thinking about God is completely wrong into this culture is what Jesus did he came along and says how you been thinking about God it's a little bit narrow it's actually God is much bigger. And he goes on to explain it. Now, as you say, for me to be convinced that Jesus is God, he's got to pass a test. Okay, the Jesus test. Um, we all have tests to do in life. Anyone, uh, anyone pass the driver's test? So, yeah. It's not that difficult, is it, Luke? Even Luke passed. And you didn't make birthdays. Yeah, I had your mum texting me going, just Luke's birthday, Luke's birthday, he's not getting up. 
You're lucky. You're lucky I'm a nice dad and wouldn't mention it in front of church. So the test for me is, if Jesus really is God, then there's qualities of God that only God has. There's qualities here that, well, you might have good qualities, but you don't have these qualities because only God has these qualities. So what makes God, God? I've got a little slide. Oh, not that one. This one. What makes God, God? And does Jesus have these attitudes? Attitudes. You know what I mean. So, um, so what are they? Well, well, God is eternal. Okay? He has no beginning. He has no end. He is eternal. Is Jesus eternal like God? Uh, God is um, omnipresent. He is everywhere. There is nowhere, and the Bible says there's nowhere you can go that God isn't there. Is Jesus like that? Is he everywhere? Um, uh, omniscient. Uh, he knows everything. My dad thinks he's got this one. So... But he hasn't, okay? Does Jesus know everything? Um, uh, omnipotent. Uh, he is all-powerful. Is Jesus all-powerful? Can he do things that no, no other humans can do? And immutability is, is he immutable? He does not change. God does not change. Does Jesus change? So these are the things that we need to put Jesus through, these five tests. Can, can he pass these five tests to really be counted as God? But there's other things as well. I mean, Jesus did things that only God can do. Uh, he is creator. Okay? Uh, he, 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 he is upholder of all things. All things hold together in Christ. I can remember once having lunch with, uh, with the guy who taught me theology at Bible because we had lunch together. And the question came up, what would happen? If, what would have happened if Jesus sinned? And I thought that would be a really simple explanation. You know what I mean? It would be like a, a two-minute conversation. And we sat and talked for about an hour and a half about how everything would suddenly break apart because he holds all things together. And if he sinned, it meant that he wasn't God. Therefore, everything would, would break. It was just an amazing conversation. And the food was good as well. Anyway, um, um, he forgave sins. He, he raised the dead. Um, I can't turn the page, sorry. <laughs> this is ridiculous. See, you can tell I'm God. I can't even turn a page. Um, he was worshipped as a God. His disciples called him God. He claimed he, he and the Father were one. He claimed to know him. He claimed to know him was to know God. He claimed uh, to see him was to see God. To receive him was to receive God. To honor him was to honor God. To believe in him was to believe in God. And to hate him was like hating God. The Son of God became man to enable, them, enable man become the sons of God. So we're going to look at these uh, five things and does Jesus match up. So was he eternal? Now I need you to help me, okay? Because you all know this stuff and I'm just going to prize it out of you. So if you've got a Bible, uh, it'll be good to, to use. If not, we'll, I'm looking at Paul. Can we flash Bible bits up on the screen, Paul? Can you do that? Or keep him on his toes this morning. Look at this. So, okay, so the, the, before you do that, let me just put my screen up. So he was, was Jesus eternal? Was he eternal? So if you've got a Bible, Genesis 1-1, right at the beginning. And it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
We've all read that, haven't we? We all know that one. He made the heavens and the earth. But if you get to John 1, 1, so John chapter 1, verse 1, it says a little bit more detail of how John sees it. In the beginning, so the same thing, was the Word. Now, who was the Word? Jesus. And the Word was with God. So who's God in this instance? God the Father. So we've got Jesus and we've got God the Father. Uh, the Word was with God and the Word... Sorry, and the Word was God. So let me read it again. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So here we get two things. One, it's saying that Jesus is God. But the other thing is that he was there in the beginning. He is eternal. Uh, what about a Christmas reading? Uh, Micah 5.2. Good luck trying to find Micah. It's one of these ones. I'm sure someone puts it in my Bible and then moves it around. Um, let me quickly find out one. It says, But you, Bethlehem, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come uh, for me one who will be ruler of Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Okay, so Jesus has a pre-existence. He's not just being born, you know what I mean, at that time. He he lived before he came. He is eternal. Um, John 17. If you beat me, do shout out. Um, do you ever do that sort of what we, what we call draw, sh- sword drill? It's when you were in Sunday school. I'm looking at... You did, Liz. Good brethren uh, there. Out it came. We used to get really competitive. It was crazy. John 17.5, it says this. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Flick on a bit, verse 24, on the other side of the page. It says, Father, I want those who have been given to me to be with me, with me where I am, to see my glory, the glory you had given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. So Jesus is eternal. Um, who, question, who was and is and is to come? Jesus, it's like, yeah, what's, a, what's, what's brown and furry and eats nuts? And the kid in Sunday school says, sounds like a squirrel, but I better say Jesus. <laughs> Who was and is and is to come? It's Jesus. Revelation 1.8 is talking um, about him who was and is and is to come, who we refer to as Jesus. But hear the words around what is said in this, this verse. I am the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and end, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So when it comes to eternal, is Jesus eternal? We can tick that box. Yes, he is eternal. He has a pre-existence. He, he's still around today, even though he died thousands of years ago. Um, what, what's the one that I, I, I like? Um, where two or three gather in his name, there he is. He is here this morning. Even though he died 2,000 years ago, he rose from the dead and he meets with us when we gather in his name. So we can tick 
the eternal box. Omnipresent. Is he everywhere? Well, we'll just say that when two or three gather in my name, Jesus is there. That's, that's Matthew 18, verse 20. But there's a Matthew 28, verse 20, that says, um, where Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy, Holy Spirit. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So here Jesus is saying, I am always with you. Now, we're rattling through this wrist, but I thought, let's have a break, let's have a story. You up for a story? So, all the religious leaders, all the Pharisees, all the experts in the law, from, from all over Bethlehem, from all over Judea, and from the big city itself, Jerusalem, come to this little dusty town way up north in a place called Capernaum. And there in Capernaum, they're all sat in this room listening to Jesus. You could imagine the excitement from the people outside when all these sort of uh, uh, religious people turn up. Well, people are gathering in the house just around to see what they're all going to say and talk about as Jesus speaks. But people are gathering at the windows so they can hear through the spaces what's being said. And the places like from the doors, from the windows, places jam-packed. You can't get anywhere near this house. So many people listening to Jesus speaking with the experts. Well, some people come and they have a mate. Their mate, paralyzed, can't, can't move. And so they thought, we just want to come and put them at the feet of Jesus, see if Jesus can do anything. So they can't get in the house, and we all know the story. They go up into the roof. And I, I've heard so many people say, well, this could be in the house of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the house of Peter. I do hope it was Peter's house. That would just be so funny. Because you don't get what happens at the end with Peter shouting, them, Oi, get off my roof. Who's fixing the hole? But um, anyway, they go up into the roof. They take the towels off. And make a hole in the roof, and they drop this. Didn't drop. They put them in ropes and lower them down gently, and uh, to Jesus' feet. And Jesus looks at this man and says, "This, your sins are forgiven." Now, everyone in that room—the experts in the law and the Pharisees—they start going, "Where? Only God can forgive sins." They don't say it. That's what they're thinking. Only God can forgive sins. Who does this man think he is? And so Jesus answers their questions that they know, that he knows they've been thinking. He says, what's easier to do? To say, uh, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And look to this man and say, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And to the crowd's amazement, this man stands up, probably for the first time in a long time, if not ever, rolls up his mat and walks out the front door to meet his four mates. So what do we learn from this story, which is in three of the Gospels, that tells us about Jesus' divinity? Come on, anyone help me out here? Remember, we've got these five attitudes. None. First one, he knew what people were thinking, all-knowing. He, he, you know I mean, you, you could think things, and he knew what you were thinking. He did it all the time with the disciples, didn't he? The disciples would sort of be, be like, um, 
Um, you know what I mean? Arguing amongst themselves, you know what I mean? Who is the greatest? Oh, I'm going to be so much greater than you. No, no, I'm going to be the greatest. And Jesus stands up and says, what have you been talking about? They went, oh, nothing. No, 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 nothing. And Jesus would take a child and say, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to learn to be the least. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. And he puts a child before him. So obviously what they're thinking, the forgiving of sins. Only God can forgive sins. But here Jesus is saying, a little hint, I can forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. Yes, exactly. But here I am forgiving sins. It's a hint. It's a glimpse of who he was. And he did this all the time, doesn't he? Sort of gives hints to people. So... um, so we've done um, omnipresent, uh, uh, omniscient. So this uh, able to uh, able to know things. So obviously, we found that in the story. Nathaniel believed because when when Jesus turned up and he says, "Oh, I saw you when you were underneath the fig tree before before um, I can't remember who went to speak to him. Was it, Andrew? Was it Andrew? Was it Andrew? Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> I saw him before he went to speak to you. You were sat underneath the fig tree. And that's why he believed, because, again, he knew something that, that he ought not to have known, because he is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. All-powerful. I love the story of, of Jesus calming the storm. You know what I mean? They're absolutely petrified. These fishermen who've been fishing all their lives, probably from the age of about 10, they've been in a boat learning that craft. They're used to being on the sea. They're used to knowing what it's like. The storm hits and they are petrified. They think they're going to drown. And they wake Jesus up. Jesus stands up and he says he calms the wind and the waves. And when it all calms down, they just have, I always imagine they have this look in their face, and the question is, who is this? They were scared at the storm, but they were terrified at the, the man who can control the wind and the waves. He could do things that no one else can do. Have you ever tried to do some of the things that Jesus did? Have you ever tried to calm the storm? It doesn't work well. Have you ever tried to walk on water? Come on, we've all tried that one, haven't we? I was sat in Clendidno. And I was, I was speaking in a hotel. So I had uh, six nights of speaking in a hotel. And I went down to, to read my Bible. And I read the story of Jesus walking on the water. And I thought, it was like, it was like a piece of glass to see. And so I said, look, God, I, I, I know that Jesus did it. And I'm supposed to be doing stuff that Jesus can do. So how about I have a little stroll around the sea. Be our secret. I won't tell anyone, you know what I mean. And then uh, I know what it's like. And I thought, you've got to take a got to take a, a leap of faith sometimes, you know what I mean? Not just a baby step, actually, a leap. So I stood back, got right down to the edge, and I leaped right out and landed on top of that water. Had a little walk round. You know I didn't. <laughs> you know I went up to my neck in water, freezing cold water. <laughs> and I had to get out and walk across to the hotel, soaking wet. Got in there, opened my Bible, and read the story of Jesus walking in the water. And they're all looking at me going... What is up with this guy? He's right. He could do things that no one else could do. He was all powerful. One day Jesus went to this little village in the middle of nowhere called Nairn. 
And now it's him and his disciple and thousands of people are coming into this little village. All the village is almost coming out because in that village there was a, was a boy who died, son of a, a widow, who knew just pain. And as one possession is coming this way and another's going in, Jesus spots this woman and his heart breaks for her. Now, it's open caskets back then, so the body would have been in a basket that would have been held high. And one of the things you don't do as a Jew, because it bans you from temple and everything else, is you don't touch dead bodies. Okay? That's why graves are always marked in white. So if you stepped on a grave, you were banned from temple. Uh, you had to go for purification. So you were always very careful where you walked. So you never touch, touch dead bodies. And it says that Jesus walks up to where this basket is, and this, this young man wrapped up in the basket... And he reaches up, and you can imagine the gas of the crowd, and he touches the, the body, the dead body, and he sits up. Could you imagine the shock in that crowd? Not only the fact that Jesus was going to touch the boy, but the fact that he sat up, and that he no longer was dead, but alive. And he took him down, and he gave him back to his mum. And that sadness of that whole village as they were going out, turn to joy as Jesus turns up because Jesus could do things that, that, that people can't do and there's a whole whack of them isn't there he turns water into wine who wouldn't like to do that one uh, I mean he, he makes the blind see the deaf hear the lame walk he does things that only God can do And he is unchanging. And you know this, don't you? Because we've got that famous verse in Hebrews. And you all know how that goes. Shall we say it together? And you all look at me going, No, I don't know what that one is. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. It's true, isn't it? He doesn't change. He is Emmanuel, God with us. There's nowhere we can go that he's not walking with us. He is with us. He is God. It says this in 1 John. It says, Yet to those who received him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's what he came to do. The Son of God came to make us his children. Emmanuel, God came to earth to make us his, his, his children he did it how did he do it well he died on the cross this man who was God who did nothing wrong died on a cross for the things that we did wrong so that we could become God's children if we believed if we received him and it says in a, it says in 1 Corinthians 5 it says he who had no sin became sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God. That's what's happening. He's transformed us. His mission was to come and to rescue us. His mission was to come and, and to take people, ordinary people, people who mess up, people who say ridiculous things, people who do crazy things. If only you could spend a few hours of my life, you know how, how crazy it can be. And yet he loves me. And he loves you. Even the worst of circumstances, he loves you. There's nothing you can do 
to make him love make him love you less or even more because his love is so full for you he loves you he came as God because he loves you and he wants you to become a child of God I'm convinced that Jesus is the son of God he wasn't adopted when it came to his baptism as some believe he wasn't um, he 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 wasn't just the Messiah. He was far more. He was God here with us. And uh, you'll hear many other people and many other religions telling you something different. But the thing that's unique about uh, what we believe is we believe that Jesus was God. He came to earth. And he's still around today. And you can still meet him. And he will uh, introduce you to the Father. So let's pray. So Jesus, we believe you are God, you are Emmanuel, you are here with us, even right now you are here with us. That you love us so much, that you came and that you died for the things that we did wrong, so we can commune, that we can have relationship with the Father. So right now we, we just want to say thank you, and that we love you and we want to follow you. And may we know this truth, and may it never be robbed from us, that you are God. So, so this day, may that truth unfold in our lives. May we live it. May it make a huge difference to us. And when people come with lies about who you are, may we have the, well, the ammunition that we need from the Bible and the truth that we have in our hearts that you really are God and to answer these things. So, so bless us. Be with us, we pray. In your name, amen. And I'm really sorry because I didn't give you all my visuals. I forgot to put them up. But have a look because they're pretty good. The, um, that's the eternal, the next one. He's everywhere. Tom Long's post, you see that? It's, it's, it's clever, isn't it? Okay, it's waste. That took me about 10 minutes. Uh, this one, I'm not sure if you can see it. It says, uh, listen, I know you're omniscient, so you don't, ha- don't need to say spoiler every time you, you tell me something that's an angel with God. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, that's uh, all-powerful. And that's never changing. You know, I love about this. The same stars that we see at night when we go out, if you walk in the common at night and you see these wonderful stars, it's the same stars that Jesus saw. It's the same stars that Abraham saw. It's the same stars that, that um, Noah saw. I'm not quite sure what Adam and Eve saw, but I do believe all these other, other ones, they might have been slightly different. But the same stars that they saw are the same stars that we see. God does not change, a bit like the sky. And when you look up me, you realise that that same God loves you. Listen.